This is your host, Lori LeBay, and I hope you're having a wonderful week. It's beautiful here in Minnesota. For those of you that are new to our show, I will just give you a little background. Um, basically, Alzheimer's Speaks was developed because my mom had dementia for 30 years, and I felt really lost. Our whole family did and unconnected, and we just felt like we needed more support, more services, more knowledge um, to, to connect with people who were willing to talk about the disease and not always so afraid of it. And so about 10 years ago, um, I stepped out of my, my field of work, which was real estate, and um, started Alzheimer's Speaks. And we're all about raising everyone's voice. So that includes the people living and diagnosed with dementia, their family, their friends, advocates, researchers. Um, We've had authors, musicians, movie directors, you name it, everyone is welcome, as long as we have a respectful conversation. So um, again, our goal is really just to provide multiple platforms to help people shift uh, their dementia care culture from crisis to comfort around the world, and we also help companies expand their brand footprint by leveraging um, all of our platforms. And none of that would be possible without you, the listeners. You guys have been so wonderful. Your likes, your clicks, your shares have gotten us all kinds of acknowledgments, and that isn't just us. That's all of us, because I really do believe um, Alzheimer Speaks is a, is a collaboration around the world um, with so, so many different people. So thank you, and I hope that you continue to support us by your likes, your clicks, and your shares, um, pushing the information out to others in your sphere, if that's on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn, um, you know, whatever whatever social media you use or even your newsletters, please uh, please feel free to pass our our content along. That's what it's there for. We also want to encourage our listeners to call in if you have questions or comments um, with any of the shows. And that number is 323-870-4602. That is 323-870-4602. And you can always go to our, our main website too to look at all of our projects and initiatives that we're working on, and that is just at alzheimersspeaks.com. So there's two S's in the middle. Now, before I introduce our guest today, we're going to be talking about uh, talking about and learning about Lewy Body Dimension, where we can find um, support and resources. Uh, but before I introduce our guest, I need to um, just give a shout out to the Dementia Action Alliance. They are having their fourth, or I'm sorry, their... Um, second um, North American Dementia Conference, and that will be uh, June 20th through the 22nd down in Atlanta. And then I also want to give a shout out to Gable Pines in Badness Heights. I will be working with them. Um, We've been doing a, a series, an educational series on Fridays, and we just have a couple left. And so this Friday, we are going to be doing a screening of the film, His uh, His Neighbor Phil, which is now called A Timeless Love. Um, and that will be from 1030 to 1230. And, um, and then on May 17th, we'll be doing another educational program called uh, Shifting from Crisis to Comfort. And uh, both of those um, programs are free. Again, that's May 10th and May 17th at Gable Pines in Vadness Heights in Minnesota from 1030 to 1230. So we'd love to to have you be part. So let's get to our guest today. Um, I have had the pleasure to personally work with uh, Paula Beaver. She is a volunteer with the Lewy Body um, Dementia organization or association, I should say, and she helps answer 
phone calls and email requests for support and information about Lewy body dementia. She also facilitates um, two support groups here in Minnesota. One is the um, Minnesota East Metro Lewy Body Dementia Caregiver Support Group, and the other is the Twin Cities Support Group for Persons with Lewy Body Dementia. And her contact information is on our on her homepage um, for the radio show there. And we also have that listed, of course, on the blog as well. And um, what I have to tell you, which is pretty exciting, is uh, Paula was um, actually named the 2017 Louis Body Dementia Association Volunteer of the Year. So, wow, what a what a wonderful recognition to get, Paula. Thank you for joining us and taking the time. Well, thank you, Lori. I'm really pleased to be able to be on the Alzheimer's Speak show. I've listened to your past presentations, and I know that you have a wide audience. Um, I'm very pleased to be here. Well, great. Well, I always like to ask everybody when they're a guest on the show in terms of have they been personally touched by dementia um, themselves, uh, you know, or within their family or, or circle of friends. And I'm wondering if you could share share some insights with us on that. Well, yes, my father had Lewy body dementia. Uh, he was diagnosed about five years after he actually developed dementia. He was initially misdiagnosed as having vascular dementia. Then he was diagnosed as having normal pressure hydrocephalus to the point where he was actually, he actually had surgery and had a shunt placed to drain excess fluid from his brain. Uh, it wasn't until 2008 that he was actually diagnosed with Lewy body dementia after having a hospitalization crisis uh, and finally getting to the right doctors and who realized what was happening and what his actual medical diagnosis should be. Wow, that has to be really frustrating um, as a as a family member trying to care for somebody and and struggling with getting a proper diagnosis. Yeah, and it it happens pretty frequently, especially with Lewy body dementia. It's not that well known as a disease. It's becoming more known with some famous personalities having developed the dementia, such as Robin Williams and uh, other people just recently in the news about this. But when my dad was diagnosed, it was not very well known at all. Plus, some of the symptoms that he had which now looking back, you could say were an indication that he was experiencing Lewy body and not something else. They weren't even associated with the dementia at the time he was experiencing them. He was one of the first patients to have the REM sleep disorder that is now a major indication of uh, the disease. It wasn't until his sleep doctor at the time who diagnosed the disorder back in 1986 was following up on some of his patients and realizing that a lot of them had started developing Parkinson's dementia or Lewy body dementia, that the link was known. Now it's one of the major indications. Can you tell people a little bit, and if you're not comfortable talking on this, I understand too, a little bit more about the REM sleep disorder? What are some of maybe the symptoms that, that people could be looking for or associated with? Oh, sure. The symptom can start decades before any sort of dementia symptoms start. Uh, it's basically acting out your dreams. Normally when we dream, our body actually becomes paralyzed, so we're not moving. We're not thrashing around or kicking or, or trying to act out our dreams. But with REM sleep disorder, the part of the brain that does that doesn't function correctly um, so that people do start acting out their dreams, especially dreams that involve uh, any sort of violent activities such as being attacked or chasing somebody, this can, uh, this can actually cause people to harm their bed partner or 
uh, harm themselves by falling out of bed or getting up and starting to run, actually in the process of acting out the dream. Uh, my dad was one of the first people that was diagnosed with the symptom. For quite a while, it was known in the psychiatric community as the Minnesota symptom because of the amount of research that was being done. And for a while, people didn't really acknowledge it as real. They thought that this was just not something valid, but it turned out to be very, very real and quite frightening for, to the people that were experiencing it. Um, as time went by, Dr. Shank, who was the person who treated my dad for his sleep disorder and his uh, colleagues at the Hennepin County Medical Center, started uh, following the people that they diagnosed decades ago and finding out that they had developed a dementia. And that's when the first connection started being made. Now, not everybody with that sleep order does get the dementia, but it's it's a pretty high percentage. That's really interesting um, that he made that connection because you do hear so many people say, you know, we, I, I, you know, my spouse and I don't sleep in the same bed anymore. I'm afraid I'm going to harm her or him because of this acting out. And, um, you know, they don't know how to stop it or control it. And so, you know, they just um, choose not to sleep together anymore, which is really a sad thing, but, but understandable in terms of, you know, what, they, what they're dealing with there. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, now you've gotten very involved, needless to say, with the Lewy Body Dementia Association. How did, how did you even find out about them? Because I know when I was dealing with my mom, I had a really hard time even knowing what to look for. Well, once, once um, we got a diagnosis of Lewy Body Dementia, both myself and my husband are work in the IT uh, field with computers, programming, business analysis. Um, and so the first thing we did when we got home from my dad's uh, diagnosis was start to Google Lewy body dementia. And that's actually how we found the Lewy body dementia association was through their website. We found out that there was a support group that met in Minnesota and so we started attending those meetings. And that was really a life changer for us. We got so much support from talking to other people who were going through the same thing, who were experiencing the same sort of issues and challenges with this disease. We just, it just became part of our life to go to those monthly meetings. It is eventually. Really nice to be after, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I said eventually after my father passed away and we still kept attending the meetings, the facilitator of the group wanted to go in a different direction and asked us if we would become facilitators. And so that's how we ended up uh, facilitating the Minnesota East Metro Lewy Body Dementia Caregiver Support Group. Okay. Um, it is nice to really be able to talk with others that um, are going through the same thing. It just, it removes kind of that isolation, I think, that people feel. And, and I think it removes a lot of fears, even though maybe you can't fix things. It's just nice to feel not alone and that you can talk to people that understand what it is you're, you're going through and your loved one is going through. Um, I think it also... I think it also gives you a sense of empowerment. You feel so hopeless and unable to do things. You have your doctor's appointments and maybe some medications are helping, but you still, you're faced with a, a disease that is eventually terminal and there's nothing that can be done about that. However, when you're talking with other people, you find that the advice that, and stories that you have are as meaningful to them as the advice and stories and resource information that they have. And it's that sort of mutual support that really, that really uh, encourages and empowers people to be able to continue on and not feel isolated and feel hopeful. Yeah, I really agree with that. Empowerment is a is a key in that that mutual support. And I think so often when we're 
in the middle of a crisis, which most people look at any form of dementia kind of as a crisis in their family, you feel like you don't know anything. And we all know and have seen and taken in more information, I think, than what we realize and that we've learned things along the way. And um, and I think you're so right. It's it's nice to have that give and take in those support groups. That's that's fantastic. Now, some of our listeners might be wondering what the difference is between Alzheimer's disease and Lewy body dementia, because you know Alzheimer's is still kind of out there in the forefront. Though it, it you know people are starting to realize there's different types. Can you can you tell them the difference between the two? Sure. Well, with Alzheimer's, the primary cognitive issue is with the memory. Uh, with also with uh, Lewy body dementia, the primary problem is with executive functioning or ability to perform tasks, make judgments, make decisions, be able to connect with reality, and to just accomplish the day-to-day uh tasks that we're all faced with. Uh, The memory probably remains intact for most of the disease, but what is bothersome is, and such a challenge, is the fluctuation of of cognition. People can have really good days in which you'd not know anything was wrong. They're able to interact. They're able to have conversations. They're able to do uh, everything that you need to do during a daily activities, but the next day they may not be able to do hardly anything and, and end up just pretty much spaced out and not able to converse, not able to perhaps even feed themselves or figure out how to get up to to interact with other people. This sort of fluctuation is unlike Alzheimer's, which is more of a step they have actual stages to the disease. With Lewy body, you can't really define those stages except for maybe mild, moderate, and severe, depending on how long the disease has progressed. It's a very challenging disease in that way. People can have a lot of various symptoms. It's not just cognitive symptoms. It's physical symptoms, too, that are affected, such as the ability to breathe well, to control the various automatic things that your body does, digestion can be affected, eyesight, visual, spatial recognition can be affected. It really touches a lot of aspects of of uh, just being a human. Yeah, I've heard people say with Lewy body too that they have um even with their body temperature can change and fluctuate mm-hmm. on them. And um and again, I think probably the most common thing we hear about are the 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 dreams, you know, and um the the delusions and hallucinations um that right. sometimes are, um hallucinations are much more common early on in Lewy body dementia than they are in Alzheimer's. So that's one of the symptoms that often appears first or that causes people to think, oh, there there might be something wrong going on. Mom is having hallucinations or delusions. Something's not right here. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. What um what was the most challenging thing about life with with Louis body with your with your own father? Well, my dad had lots of delusions and he had a whole imaginary sort of village built around these delusions. He thought he owned hotels, restaurants. He wanted to take care of the payroll, he wanted to order chairs for the restaurant, he wanted to go to business meetings, and we weren't able to help him do those things. And he would be very frustrated because we were very helpful for him in all the other areas of his life. But he would complain and say, well, you just aren't very helpful with my business. You should help out more. We could not get, there was no way to argue him out of the idea that these things didn't exist. His delusions were very real to him. 
so that was probably the most frustrating thing for us. For other people, it can be other symptoms. With each person who has Lewy body dementia, there's probably a whole different set of symptoms that are most frustrating for them. Yeah, I would I would imagine each each party is different. Now, with your dad, did was he a businessman? Did he have a restaurant? Was that kind of a normal extension of of who he was or what he did, or was that just out of the blue and kind of took you by surprise? It took us by surprise. My dad was actually an elementary school principal. He was involved in education. And he had his own ideas about education, a whole philosophy that was something that he liked to talk about. But as the disease progressed, he became less interested in talking about that past part of his life and became very involved in this delusional part of his reality in running these businesses. I'm not really sure where that came from. Interesting. Yeah, and that's that's part of, you know, what they say in terms of, you know, walking in their space and, and kind of living in their world. Um, how did you how did you deal with with some of those delusions? I mean, were there I, I mean, I know, you, like you said, you couldn't support him and help him out with that. But did you kind of enter his world and, and try to redirect or does that not really work with these um, delusions where a lot of people say that with Alzheimer's and, and some of the other dementias? No, I, what I would do is I'd listen to him. I couldn't really offer him any assistance, but I would say, well, maybe later we can take care of this. Or I would try to reassure him that all the bills were paid and there wasn't anything that he needed to do and that he had he had spent his whole life working and taking care of these things and now it was time for him really to take a break. One thing that helped the most for my dad was sports. He just really liked baseball, football, track and field and so if we could get him watching a sport on TV that would really take him out of his delusions. He would be as if, okay, now I'm not at my job anymore. I can kick back and enjoy this baseball game. So if people are caught up in their delusions, I don't think it really works to try to talk them out of them. I think that in most cases it's better to listen to what they're saying, try to address the emotions behind what they're conveying. With my dad, I think it was a need to feel important and useful and still part of the world. But it could be different for other people's and their delusions. They might feel a need to be uh, loved or a, a need to be part of somebody's world or feel insecure about a relationship, and their delusions might come out of that. So listening to the emotions behind what they're saying when they're talking about a delusion, I think is important. Well, I think that's an excellent advice. I think that's something that's very overlooked. Um, but that whole emotional state, I uh, I do a lot of um, things called dementia chats where I facilitate a conversation with people with a variety of dementias. And, and one of the things that they said to me, it just made so much sense. They said, you know, look you know, you can look at our symptoms, that's okay, but look at them more like an emotion. You typically don't stay with one emotion all day, and they're going to vary. And, you know, it's the emotion that you want to get under control because that's what keeps us calm or, or not um, very important in that. Um now, as far as, you know, facilitating, you know, your two support groups, can you talk a little bit more about uh, about each of them? Sure. The Minnesota East Metro Support Group meets on the third Monday of every month at Lakeview Commons in Maplewood from 6.30 to 8.30. Its primary focus is on the experience of the caregiver. This support group has been going on since 2006. It's the oldest LBD support group in Minnesota. Uh, it was started uh, by Elaine Carlson and her cousin, 
Jean Schweitz, their mom had Lewy body dementia, and at the time the group was started, there was very little information about the disease. So they started the group more as an educational uh, opportunity, educational resource. They had doctors come in and speak. They would have healthcare professionals talk about uh, caregiving. It was really more of an educational group at the beginning. And then it became more and more about support and caregivers sharing their own stories. When I, when my husband and I joined the group, that's where its main focus was on. We also have literature from the LBDA Association that's available. So that group is mainly for caregivers. The other group I started in 2017 and that was a group just for persons with Lewy body dementia. Their caregivers or friends attend as well, but they're more of a backup for the person to help their voice be heard. That group was something I wanted at the very beginning when my dad was first diagnosed, and there just wasn't such a thing. And eventually I felt that I was ready to start that group myself, and it's been very successful. Again, the focus is on the person with Lewy body dementia and their experiences and their challenges, not so much on the challenge of caregiving, but on the challenge of living with the disease. And I found that the same sort of empowerment happens with that group as it does with the caregiver group. People can give each other advice or, or share experiences, and they don't feel so alone. They know they're not the only one facing this and they can get help from others as to how to deal with the different problems that come up. Oh, nice, nice. It sounds um, much like a, a memory cafe in some ways, except um, maybe the the care partners take a little bit more, even more of a backseat than they do in a in a memory cafe. Are you familiar with those? Yeah, that's yeah, I am. I've never been to a memory cafe, but with our support group mainly, we kind of go around the circle and each person will talk about how they've been since the last meeting and what they have experienced and what questions or concerns they've had. So it might be a little more formal than a memory cafe, which has more back and forth, uh, maybe one-on-one -on -one sort of interaction, I would assume. Yeah, with with our memory cafe uh, at Arthur's, um, we basically sit in a round and we kind of pass the wand, um, but we go, to, most of them are couples, not all. We've got one uh, father and son, and, um, you know, we've had other combinations come as well. Some people come with a friend. Um, once in a while, we'll get a care partner coming by themselves or a person with dementia coming by themselves, um, you know, and uh, and that's okay, too. But we we talk about all of life. I say it's kind of like a bowling league or a bridge club. You don't show up for the equipment. You show up for the camaraderie. And it really yeah. is um, a nice way for people to get to know all of somebody in, in what is going on in their lives. And so we talk about um, you know, the pets and the grandkids and if somebody had a spat or a flat tire or went to the hospital um, and, you know, and then dementia comes up too. So it's just part of their life and, um, mm -hmm. and it works, works, works well with that. So um, now can anybody in the area then um, participate and is there any cost to either of your support groups? No, there's no cost to either of the support group. For the caregiver support group, it's probably better to 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 have caregivers attend that group. With the support group for persons with Lewy body dementia, it's the focus is on the person with dementia, but uh, usually they are there in, along with a spouse or caregiver or friend. Mm -hmm. And there is no cost to that group. That group meets on the first Wednesday of the month from 10 to 11.30 a.m. at the Centennial United Methodist Church in Roseville. Okay, okay. And if they are interested in coming to that, they can just call you? And um, if sure. they want to get more information or just, you know, hear a little bit more detail if they've got specific questions for their own situation, um, and that number is 651 six 
651-641-0130. That's 651-641-0130 if you have any questions regarding either of um, the the groups that, that Paula facilitates. Now, I know the Lewy Body um, Dementia Association has a lot of different resources available to people. Can you share with our audience, you know, if somebody goes to that site or or calls them, what can they expect in terms of support and information? Well, they, the uh, Lewy Body Dementia website has a lot of resource information. Uh, there you have a connection to local support groups. You can go by state and look up where any of the Lewy Body Dementia support groups meet and what their hours are. You can go to the there's a there's a page on webinars and videos that have been presented in the past. They have a links to research. They have information about the diagnostic criteria for Lewy body dementia. And there's also a place where you can order literature from them and receive a caregiver packet that has information about uh, Lewy body dementia symptoms, uh, a medical alert card that is important to have. There are some medications that you do not want to have given if uh, you have Lewy body dementia, so it's important to have that information on you in case an emergency happens. Uh, there you have, uh, there's also on Facebook, they have some support groups that you can participate in online. If you're on Facebook, there's a the LBDA Care Partner Support Group, and there's also for persons with Louie body, there's the LBDA Living with Louie. So those are support groups you can join online if you're not able to attend an uh, in-person meeting. Oh, that's nice. And I just want to um, make a comment on the medications, and I won't get into specifics because I'm not a medical professional. Um, but it is critical that people have that handy because there are a lot of medical professionals that don't know or are not aware of the mix um, and the, the problems that that can cause with somebody with with Lewy body disease. So if you if you have that you know sheet handy, keep it in your your you know your car, your wallet, <laughs> wherever. Um, and um, you know make sure that uh, you're even talking with your your pharmacist um, to kind of review medications is not a bad idea because they can catch a lot of things that sometimes can be missed and, and cause complications um, in terms of symptoms with people. So um, are you familiar with Robert Bowles at all? Yes, I am. He's in the Living with Louis Facebook group, and I'm also uh, on an advisory council with him, the Living with Louis Advisory Council that's just been formed to help the LBDA Association hear from persons with Louis and from caregivers directly about what issues they would like to have addressed. So yes, I'm very familiar with Robert Balls. Okay, good. Yeah, he's he's a good guy. He used to be on our dementia chats back in the day when he had time, <laughs> and now he's kept so busy. Yes. With, with doing so many things and um, wonderful work. But he was also a, a pharmacist in his prior life. And, um, you know, he, he talks uh, very specifically on medications and uh, some of the lessons, I guess, learned the hard way um, regarding contraindications and things like that. So I think he's a, he's a great, great resource along, of course, with your own, own physicians and stuff, but just as, far as a person living with and um, and um, trying to live a, a positive life, you know, with with this type of, of disease or diagnosis, I think is always important. Um, now, if, if somebody wants to um, become a member, is, is there like a, a membership for the Louis Body Association or, or do they just subscribe and it's free and they take donations? Can you talk a little bit? Because every organization is a little bit different out there. There aren't any membership dues or really uh, anything that you would consider being a member of. You'd, it's just a resource uh, organization that helps spread awareness 
they certainly uh, appreciate people who are willing to volunteer. We're in the process of uh, of increasing the number of volunteers working with the organization, uh, especially Louis Buddies, which is one of the roles I fill uh, in answering phone calls and emails that get sent to the organization. They try to have a distribution throughout the country of people willing to do that so that when you call in, you're going to speak to somebody in your own area who is familiar with local resources. So that's that's one thing that they are in the process of expanding. Okay. There's some other volunteer opportunities that will be coming up soon, too, that will be, uh, I'm certainly advertised on the LBDA website. Okay. Now, um, Apollo, you know, we're both on the um, Roseville Alzheimer's and Dementia Community Action Team, which is a grassroots kind of dementia-friendly group here in the Twin Cities. And um, if I'm not mistaken, you were working also with the library for kind of a, another memory minders kit on Louis Body. Is that correct? Yes, that. Yes, and that has been completed. The Roseville and Shoreview, and in fact, I think it's all Ramsey County Library uh, libraries now at this point, have memory minder kits, which are activities and information about dementia that can be checked out from the library. It's actually in a little kind of a tote bag, and it has DVDs, activity uh, booklets, uh, cards, memory card uh, games, all sorts of various things that uh, help not just the caregiver but also the person with dementia. They have them for mild, moderate, and severe dementia. They also have uh, ones now that are specifically for people with Lewy body dementia. I worked with Carolyn Jackson to help develop that kit. So those are now available as well. They also have, as I recall, memory minder kits that are geared towards children to interact with older adults who have dementia. Yeah, which I think is is a wonderful, wonderful um, thing. And it's it's really kind of grabbing the attention um, nationally here and I think even out of our country um, in terms of what a great resource that can be for for communities, um, and, and you know, they just kind of fly off the shelves. People are very, very interested. The the other thing I'll just plug our, our Ramsey County Libraries for too, especially the Roseville and um, Shoreview ones, is they have kind of a special location now for dementia and caregiving. Where before it's like, where do you even look? Do you go in the medical section? Do you go in self help? And it's just so nice that they've got everything kind of in in one place to be able to find it. And then the addition of these packages that have kind of an engagement piece, a music piece, an educational piece for, for both the person diagnosed and their care partner is just, a, I think, a, just a fabulous, fabulous resource for people. And, and again, you know, your library is free. You just got to gotta return it. <laughs> so someone else can yeah. use it, and then, and then you can go and grab another one because they're all a little bit different, um, which is nice. Um, and they've, they've also really developed, a, I think, a, a nice um, span of books to – uh, for people, there are so many more um, books being written and stories being told by individuals even living with dementia and or those that um, have maybe cared for them as well. Um, I know Norms McNamara over in the UK, um, he's, he's the one who kind of started the whole Purple Angel um, concept and movement. And, you know, he's just done wonderful, wonderful things. And he's he's written a book now. Um, regarding Louis Body, he's written quite a few books actually, but the um, he does have one, and I can't remember the exact title of it. I'll see if I can find it while I'm digging around here. Um, but he just does yeah, such. I think a, the name of the book is Louis Body Dementia Warrior. Yeah, so, yeah, that sounds it's close. Something, something like that. It, that could be um, exactly it. Um, but he just, mm-hmm. you know, he he writes so beautiful. Oh, no, Louis Body Soldier. I just went on to okay. the Purple Angel or Angel website. Um, yeah, Norman McNamara, and um, he's 
he, he just writes gorgeous. In fact, I was uh, talking with uh, Paula before we went live about um, a story that he wrote on Facebook. If you follow him, he's just done a lot of neat things with um, MP3 players that are really giving a lot of peace and calm to people that I have really taken off over in the UK. Um, but he wrote something about, he says, different doors, same rooms. And he was trying to explain how a person with Lewy body has kind of all the same little compartments in their brains, the same little doors, but they lead to different paths at times. And there can be real peaceful ones and real private ones and real scary ones and, and ones that can change, you know, kind of form and things um, that make it, make it difficult um, sometimes to maneuver. So, I would highly recommend, um, you know, norms in terms of kind of understanding because um, he, he just has a beautiful way of, of putting things into into words there. Um, Paula, any anything else that you'd like to cover that we haven't touched base on? Well, one thing I'd like to talk about is that Lewy body dementia is actually caused by the same pathology as Parkinson's disease. It's the same misfolded proteins in the brain. It just depends on where in the brain those proteins reside. With Parkinson's, it's in the motor area of the brain, and it pretty much strictly just affects that area. If it starts to spread and affects other parts of the brain, then they call it Parkinson's disease with dementia. However, if those same misfolded proteins occur in other parts of the brain first, then it's termed Lewy body dementia. You have cognitive symptoms before you have any of the physical type symptoms. The unfortunate thing about Lewy body is that it does affect so many different parts of the brain and is so individual that it's hard to predict how fast it will spread, what sort of symptoms a person will have. It's a very challenging disease in that way. I would say that many people with Lewy body dementia are very self-aware and can help others with the disease by by uh, interacting and becoming involved in support groups and that uh, that's important for them to do, especially early on in the disease, to become mm -hmm. aware of uh, what sort of things are going to take place in the future, but not only that, but to reach out to others who are going through the same thing. Yeah, yeah, good, <clears throat> good point. Uh, my mom, you know, died about four, five years ago now, and um, they did the autopsy on her brain, and, and again, she lived with dementia for 30 years. Um, the first 10, she was misdiagnosed as it was her, you know, they kept telling her it was her hormones. Just my mom would joke, this ain't my girlfriend's hormones. She's <laughs> like, it's very different than what they're going through. Um, but, you know, people just didn't know, and the medical professionals, too, just really didn't know. And, you know, thank goodness there's more awareness coming coming about. But when, uh, you know, when she got her autopsy, I, I met with the doctor, and they said, can you explain this to me? I said, it's kind of over my head. Um, I, I said, I can pick out words here, you know, and I, I see Alzheimer's, I see Parkinson's, I see Lewy body. And um, it was funny, it was Dr. Fry with um, Health Partners, mm -hmm. um, who I've, I've known for a long time. And he, he looked at my mom's brain and, and he just, he kind of um, made a statement and, and he was kind of, it, it wasn't his normal, you know, medical jargon. And he just went, oh my gosh, it, it, you know, her brain is so atrophied. He says, he's, and then he apologized. And he's like, well, I guess we should expect this when she's lived with the disease for 30 years. He's like, Lori, I, I've never seen a brain, you know, this atrophied, this shrunk. And, you know, it, and, and so in some ways, it was almost reassuring, you know, as a family member that, yes, my mom was right all those years. Because there were some doctors, mm -hmm. you know, that were saying, well, there's no way she could live this long, you know, with this disease. But, you know, that is changing. Um, as they learn more and more people are having symptoms very early on. But, you know, he, he said, you know, they saw some signs of Lewy body and, and Parkinson's and asked if we really saw any symptoms. And I said very few, you know, towards the end, she, she shook a little bit more. And there was one period where she was actually having tremors. I mean, her whole body was tremoring. 
Um, and but then that just then it just stopped. They had no idea um, what was happening. They put her on hospice, thought it was going to be the end, and she lived four more years. And then the mm-hmm. Louis body, we really didn't see any any specific signs there either. Um, you know, and so he said, well, it was probably primary Alzheimer's, but he says so often with these autopsies, they do see multiple pieces, but depending on how much they've developed, you know, is, is what you will see, what'll, what'll manifest, you know, and what we're looking for as a whole. So I thought that was kind of interesting, you know, to learn that it's more, more common than not to have multiple types. Um, when an autopsy is done, they'll find find that information. And I would encourage people to get involved in those types of studies too, because that's how we're going to learn more about these diseases and um, to better be prepared for futures and, and finding, you know, cures or, or remedies in the meantime with that. Well, Paula, this has been a, a fascinating conversation. And again, um, for our listeners, you can go to the Louis Body uh, Dementia Association's website, and that is just lbda.org, lbda.org. And again, uh, the Facebook page is Louis Body Dementia Association, and you can just put in Louis Body Dementia um in Facebook and you'll come to it. And then if you're interested, if you happen to be in Minnesota or know of somebody in Minnesota who could use uh, support, you know, give Paula uh, a jingle at 651-641-0130. That's 651-641-0130. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Paula. I really appreciate it. It was my pleasure. I'm happy to do whatever I can to spread more awareness about Lewy body dementia and hopefully help other people get the resources that they need to help navigate the path, this challenging path. Well, you're doing you're doing a wonderful job. And again, appreciate the time and the, the knowledge that you shared with us. So thank you and have a great week. Thank you, Laurie. And for those of our listeners, um, I want to just give a shout out to the Memory Cafe directory. If you have not checked that out, I would highly encourage you. Memory Cafes uh, deal with all different types of dementias, and they, they take all different formats. The one that I do, we pretty much sit around and talk and chat, and it's really about building camaraderie. Um, some go on excursions. Um, some uh, meet for dinner. I, there's no right or wrong way to do this. Um, and then also, I would recommend checking out Purple Table Reservations. You can just go to purpletables.com. They are a group uh, who are, are trying to educate restaurants around the country uh, to better serve people with dementia, um, actually dementia, autism, post-traumatic stress, and, and several other things where it, it would be discreet, but you could call in and they would know to maybe have your table in a quieter setting, maybe have an abbreviated menu for you, um, et cetera, um, without, you know, standing out like a, a sore thumb, but just making the dining experience much easier. And then I always like to give a shout out to the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation. Um, they can be reached at Alzheimer's Prevention um, dot org. They just do wonderful, wonderful work. And Maria Shriver's um, Women's Alzheimer's Movement is going to be kicking off with the Move for the Minds. I guess they're going to move it to fall this year. But she does great work and is heading up some things in California, but just does a lot for our, our nation in terms of uh, raising awareness and working with researchers. And her group is really about trying to um, feed feed more funds to uh, research that looks into why do more women get Alzheimer's disease uh, than men. And you can go to the Women's Alzheimer's Movement dot org um, with Maria Shriver. And then last, I just want to mention. I, I think this is going to be really really interesting. And you can just go to uh, Alzheimer's Speaks homepage, and at the top of the page. 
Um, I'm just going to be one of many, many speakers on an online um, summit entitled Digital Dementia, and it really is uh, going to be fascinating to hear what the chatter is about all of our electronics, not just for adults, but for our children. And there's going to be some things I think that you're going to want to take a deeper look at. And it's free. It's May 20th through the 26th. And again, just go to alzheimerspeaks.com. You can click right on the the icon there, the graphic or meme, whatever you want to call it these days, um, that talks about the Digital Dementia Summit. And I did speak as a medical professional. I just, you know, I was approached on this, and I said, well, let me let me kind of monitor my own use with my electronics and my families for a couple of days. And it was really surprising, you know, what I what I saw, um, what I felt, what I feel. And um, and so forth. And I think if you do the same thing, you'll you'll find the same. I know 60 Minutes just did another piece on it, and um, I, I want to say Diane Sawyer did like a two-hour piece on it not too long ago um, either. So this is a, a hot topic. Um, it is not an official diagnosis, but it really uh, I think will hit home and have you looking at things a little bit differently. So again. Check out the Digital Dementia Summit, May 20th through the 26th. You can find information on alzheimerspeaks.com. On our homepage, you'll also find information on a virtual book club for cruising through caregiving, uh, which is specific to dementia caregivers. Again, it is free. You can probably go to your library to check the book out if you want. You don't necessarily have to have the book there. Um, but uh, a colleague of mine and, and good friend, uh, Jennifer Fitzpatrick, is heading that up. She's also working with um, Hilarity for Charity um, on this, too. And, uh, again, this is another free thing that you can take advantage of. And then the last thing that I want to – I guess two things I want to mention is, one, Alzheimer's Disease International is doing a survey. They want to know, what do you think about dementia? And they put out a fabulous report every year, and I would highly recommend that you click on that meme um, and go take uh, the 20 minutes to take that that survey as well. And then last is – I'm just going to point out – Stall Catchers, which is a game that you can play that actually analyzes the real Alzheimer's data. It's uh, it's fascinating. It's easy. Kids kids think it's I think much easier than some of us adults um, to do. But you're actually looking at real slides and um, analyzing, trying to find where stalls might be in uh, in the brain. So with that, I am going to close. I've given you plenty to do. Again, please check out alzheimerspeaks.com. You can find all those resources there. And um, don't forget to push that like and share button because this is information that, that everybody needs. And the more information we push out, the easier it's going to be when somebody in your sphere is ready to accept help and look for help. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a brilliant week, and we will talk soon. Bye now. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.